with something in both those spots. Matthew chapter number 19, and then John in chapter number 3. Brother Eduardo just shared with me a prayer request. If you'd pray for her, his sister's husband, Manuel, uh, as a, a very serious issue with his arm and an infection. He's a truck driver for a living and, um, and uh, is uh, really struggling, diabetic, and is having some serious issues. So you just uh, maybe jot that name down and pray for Manuel uh, for the Lord to work in his life. Uh, before we look at the message today, I thought we'd uh, pause and just have a word of prayer as a church. Um, and for what? For the Lord to speak to our hearts. For the Lord just to uh, have his way in the service. And, um, you know, we come to God's house, and we talked about on Thursday night in our service. We're, we're here to praise the Lord. We're here to pray. We're here to worship the Lord. We're here to uh, show forth his love and grace and mercy. And, and, uh, and so... Uh, we're going to pray and uh, just ask the Lord to speak to us uh, this morning. So if you would take the time, and bow your head, and, and uh, I'm going to give a moment. It's a little different, but difference good, right? Um, but give a moment uh, to pray privately and just to, again, go to the Lord today. I'm going to ask Him to speak to your heart. I'm asking Him to speak to my heart. Let's pray if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that today would be the day that they make that decision. And I pray that all of our hearts are encouraged. And again, quite a few not feeling well, just keep them in our prayers and those traveling. But, uh, and keep uh, this Phyllis in our prayers and then Manuel. So but let's pause for a moment of prayer and then I will close this prayer time. you and Lord just want to stand in awe of you and Lord I don't Lord want to rush through ignore the spirit of God when he leads to do something and Lord we pause this morning to ask your Holy Spirit to be in charge of our service and Lord I believe uh, lots of things can the devil would like to do to distract but Lord just keep a hedge about this place and help us now we pray and in Christ's name Amen and John, and we'll get back to Matthew here, in John chapter number 3, and in verse number 16, of course, uh, probably the most familiar scripture in the Bible, but John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that verse is glorious. Praise the Lord that God loved us so much he sent his son for us. Amen. The verse ahead of that, verse 15 says, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I'm thankful today that God wants us to know that we have eternal life. 
The Bible doesn't say that we might get eternal life or it might work out that we have it. No, if you believe on Him as your Savior, you have eternal life. Look over in John chapter number 10. In John chapter number 10, and we'll go to Matthew here in a second, but in John chapter 10 and in verse number 27. Notice what it says here in John 10, verse 27. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Um, you're saved today. The Lord gives us a picture here. We're like his sheep, uh, like a shepherd. He is the great shepherd. Uh, and, uh, but as sheep, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And I'm thankful that God speaks to us. And, but I'm more thankful that he knows us. And it's a privilege to follow him. Verse number 28, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. If If it were a possibility that you could believe on Christ, get eternal life, and then lose that and perish... Then God lied in verse number 28. But the Bible teaches that once you have put your faith in Christ, you are His forever. You are His eternally. You'll never perish. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. People that believe you can lose your salvation will argue often and say, so, and I've had it said to me so many times, so you're telling me that you could go and kill someone and still go to heaven. Well... Technically speaking, yes. But I've not met many Christians that want to go around and do that. Because God changes your heart. I mean, I've had no desire. Now, I've had desire to punch somebody, right? But I had to get that right with God. Right? But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, but that, God changes your life. God makes you into a new creature. And, and you are in the hand of the Father. You're in the hand of Christ. No man can pluck them, you and I, out of our God's hand. By the way, that includes you and I. We can't even get ourselves out. Not that we'd want to, all right? But we're thankful for that, that we'll never perish. Uh, oh, you know this verse, but in 1 John chapter 5, and verse number 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. That you may know. God wants us to know that we have eternal life. And once you have put your faith in Christ, praise the Lord, you'll never perish. And you should have, as God's child, that confidence in your life. I say it because we live in a world today when there's so much teaching that's out there that is false, that there is a great majority of people that live in this country that either have chosen to be atheists or disregard God and and uh, if you ever meet an atheist, they say, I don't believe in God, then say, I don't believe in atheists. Right. Yeah. Anyways, that'll help you later, right? Uh, but, uh, but the fact is this, all right? Uh, you know, there's uh, the great majority of people that live around us, you just go knocking on doors and talking to people. Do you know you're going to heaven and you're going to hear this? I hope so. I hope I'll go there. I believe God, he knows I'm in and they try to balance out their life with the good things and the bad things. 
Orders, because there's so much false teaching, they've been told that, well, you know, you go to this certain church and you'll go to heaven. But going to any church, including this one, will not get you to heaven. Going to church is not what saves you. My dad used to always say, and I know I repeat it, but it's just a perfect statement. Going to church will not get you to heaven just like sleeping in a garage won't make you a car. It won't work. But there's a lot of people that say, well, I was baptized. Baptism doesn't get you to heaven. And I believe in baptism, and we baptize people. But it doesn't matter whether you're baptized at 30 years old, 3 years old, or 103 years old. That has nothing to do with whether you're going to heaven or not. Um, that follows salvation. And that's why the Ethiopian looked at Philip and said, here's some water. And he had just been listening to, to a great lesson about Jesus Christ out of the book of Isaiah. And uh, he said, well, here's some water. What does hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest. Right. It's about believing in Christ and who he is and what he's done for us. The uh, man on the cross next to Christ. Right. Lord, remember me. The Lord said, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. That thief that was hanging on the cross, he's in heaven today. Because the Lord says it. But he never got baptized. Matter of fact, he didn't do one good work. He professed the Lord Jesus on the cross and died. And he went to heaven. And, and the, the reality is this, there's a lot of people that hope they're doing there's some people that pray to idols or some people that burn incense and to these uh, statues and fans and winds and and there's all kinds of people to do all kinds of different things hoping that one of those things might get them to heaven be they some religious teaching some sacraments some whatever it are you know that people are trying to earn their way to heaven and then they end up later on in life saying this i hope so but that contradicts what god said in his word God said that you may know that you have eternal life. The Lord said you believe on me, you hath eternal life, hath everlasting life. It's not even in question. God says you believe in Jesus Christ, you've got that. And you'll never lose it. Matthew chapter number 19, we're introduced to this guy. He's a young man. He is a... Uh, a good guy. He really is. He's a good guy. Um, and I believe that. I don't, I don't think he's in any way trying to be, you know, mean to Christ. I, I think his motivation was extremely good. I, I think that he knew he was a decent person and he approaches Christ. And it's interesting what he says. But I'm thankful God wants us to know that we're saved. And I'm thankful that it's not up to chance or uncertainty. But this guy, notice what he says in Matthew 19. Start reading in verse number 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, look what he says, What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This young man walks up to the Lord, and he is seeking eternal life. He, I believe by his testimony, that he was a pretty decent person. When the Lord listed those things that were commandments, he said, I've done those. Um, in his eyes, in his mind, he'd not murdered, he'd not committed adultery, he'd not stolen, he'd never lied. In his mind. He had honored his father and his mother, and he thought he had done a pretty good job at that. But the problem was this even though doing all these good things, there was something missing. Even though he lived his life an honorable life, and I believe he hadn't murdered anyone, and I believe that. You know, he hated adultery, and I, uh, you know, I believe that, you know, he tried to be an honest person. I believe that he tried to honor his parents. I, I believe he tried to obey them. And I believe with a genuine heart, just for me, because the Lord didn't rebuke him and, you know, say, no, you haven't, right? You know, uh, now he had, he had disobeyed and things. We make ourselves a lot more righteous than what we are, right? Uh, but, but still, I think he lived a decent life. But he knew there was something missing. He knew there was this void in his life. He knew that there was something, and that's why he came to the Lord. There's something missing, and he's looking for it, because he knew he'd been a good person. But what am I lacking? Because something's just not satisfied. And that's why, uh, you know, there's people that, that live a good life, but then life, life happens, and things happen, and, and they realize you know, they, they try not to steal. They try to be a good citizen. They try to help neighbors. They give the causes. And, but still, something is missing. And they'll come and sit in a church house and, because they're, li- they're looking. And praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord, this guy came. You hear what Christ had to say. Something, there was a void there. He wasn't sure what it was. But he said, Lord, what do I need to do? What good thing shall I do? And what this young man had to realize and what the Lord was trying to teach him is that it's not about what you do. It's about what you know and believe. There's no work that we can do to earn our salvation. And I preach this, and I know probably the majority of people sitting in this auditorium today, you know you're going to heaven because you've followed what the Word of God says. Your faith is in Jesus Christ. And if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, God has given you eternal life. Praise the Lord for that. But we are dealing with people everywhere that literally are this young man. That's why, you know, you knock on a door and you talk about salvation. They'll look at you. Many people, what do I need to do? We had our kids crusade. 
And Brother Ramos preached the gospel, and kids would come forward and praise the Lord. There were several that were saved that week, that the Lord, they saw the truth. The scriptures made them wise to salvation. But there was, there was multiple that young kids that came, and maybe it's the first time they ever heard the gospel. But they would come forward because they're inquisitive, and they'd, a worker would sit with them. And this is a testimony that happened often that week. The kid would come forward and say, why would you come forward? Well, I want to come to heaven. What do I need to do? And some of them would see the truth and get saved. Quite a few, they, they hadn't realized a few things. And they will. They keep coming to church. Because salvation is not what we do. It's believing in what Christ has done. And I just want to share this real quick, Lord, really laid on my heart for today about this young man in this passage of Scripture that was just like, I'm a good guy. And he was. I'm trying. And I believe he was. But he knew something was missing. He knew there was a void in his life. And so he, he's, he's coming to the one who he believed would give him the truth, and he did. Amen. Right. You know, you say, well, this guy at the end of the story, he went away sorrowful because he wasn't willing to see Christ for who he is. And being a good person without receiving Christ, you can be a good person all your life, but you're going to still miss that one relationship that God created you for. And I hope no one today leaves going away sorrowful. I hope you'll listen and learn from this young man's mistake. There are some people that believe that this guy would eventually get saved. Now, this is totally up for debate. It's just one of those things. I just want to share it because I think it's interesting, right? Anybody ever heard that, that this young man would get saved? Anybody ever heard that? Oh, really? Oh, here you go. I'll tell you a, a theory on this, all right? It's just an interesting theory. Later on, when the Lord is arrested in the garden and he's being taken to be crucified, if you remember when it's just an interesting insert in the Gospels, that there is this young man that runs up to the Lord while he's being arrested that literally had nothing, like nothing even on, <laughs> hardly at all. And the Bible says he came and, and, and was there, and then he went away. Some people think that's him. That he, he literally went and sold everything and had run to the Lord. No, that's just a theory. It's just interesting to think about. You say, is it true? I don't know. If, if we needed to know, God would tell us that. But, but it is an interesting thought, though, right? But anyways, back to the sermon, right? Anyways. Everybody with me? You good, right? Yeah, good. All right, good, right? I just thought that was kind of interesting. Anyways, all right? But this young man, all right, what did the Lord tell him? What do I need to do? Well, let's answer the question with the Lord and what he said here. Number one, you have to know who Jesus is. Several kids came forward during the week of Kids Crusade. And they'd start saying, well, what do you know about Jesus? Nothing. It's sad that our country is that way now. But it's a reality. If your salvation testimony doesn't include Jesus, you don't have a salvation testimony. You need to know who Jesus is. And Jesus addressed that, verse number 17, when the Lord... when the Lord answered this young man. The young man came to him and said, Good master, 
what good thing shall I do? Verse 17, the first thing Jesus said is, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Literally, the first thing that, that uh, the Lord said is, wait, wait, stop, why'd you call me good? Because there's only one that is good, and that is God. Now, I hope you understand this, all right? Jesus is God. Jesus is, you know, the Son of God. He is God. He is, he is holy. He is righteous. Amen? And there's only one good, and that's God. And the first thing he addresses, he said, well, stop. Why'd you call me good? Because that meant something. If he was just flippantly saying, I think you're a good person, just like I'm a good person, he missed it. Because that guy thought he was a good person. Good master. But the Lord said, why did you call me good? And then the Lord follows it with the statement, there's none good but one. And that is God. Listen, if you're going to be saved, if you're going to know you're saved, and praise God, if you know you're saved, say amen. It's good to confess to the Lord Jesus. He's my Savior, and I'm thankful for that, all right? And, and I'm thankful that I'm saved, but listen, I'm saved today because I learned who the Lord is. And I came to a point, in, and through a lot of teaching and investing in the Bible, but it made me wise into salvation, and it starts with this, who God is. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's not what we do. It's not what I've done. It's not any works. It's not water baptism. It's not some ritual. It's not some sacrament. It's not some tradition. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And we understand that he is God. He is, as the psalmist says, the thing that is good. He is the epitome of holiness. He is righteousness. He is without sin. He is the Son of God. He is our Savior. He is our Redeemer. He is the Lamb of God. We have to understand who He is. This young man, I believe he thought that Jesus was a good man. But I don't believe he understood that He is the Son of God. Jesus is that sacrifice. The sacrifice talked about all through the Old Testament kept pointing to the fact that one day the Lamb of God as Abraham taught his son as God showed to Adam and Eve that someday the Lamb of God will come. God will provide himself a sacrifice. John the Baptist preaching one day in the wilderness saw the Lord Jesus approaching and said behold the Lamb of God. He is that one. He is the Son of God. He is that sacrifice. He is the one who suffered for our sin. The wages of sin is death. Praise the Lord, Jesus paid it all. He is our Savior. He's our Savior. And I know we, we say that often. We probably we, we take it too much for granted. We all would be lost and on our way to hell if it weren't for the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. If you're going to heaven today, it's because you've seen Him as your Savior.
even Mary, the mother of Christ, referred to him, she said, as my Savior. She needed to be saved. He's all of our Savior. He is that sacrifice. He is the one who subdued, praise the Lord, he, he gave us victory over sin. He not only paid for our sin by dying on the cross, but when he arose from the grave, he showed that he had conquered sin. It no longer has power and authority. Jesus gave us the victory. It's Jesus. If you're saved today, it's because you know, it starts with knowing who Jesus is. If he is God, he's the only one. He's the only mean to heaven. You say, well, that's just your Baptist belief. No, that's what the Bible says. Being a Baptist won't get you to heaven. I love being a Baptist. And I believe it holds to the truth. That's why we're a Baptist. But denomination, well, you, enter, you say, well, I'm going to join this denomination. It has nothing to do with you going to heaven. It's all through Jesus Christ. So you got to know who Jesus is. And that's the first thing that Jesus approached. And then you have to know, number two, you have to know what righteousness is. You have to know what righteousness is. The Lord said, there is none good but one. There's only one who is righteous. I mean, truly righteous. Now, we may have righteous acts in our life. We may do righteous things. Coming to church was a righteous thing to do. But without Christ, there is not much righteousness at all in our lives. And to go to heaven, there must be perfect righteousness. If God allowed sin into heaven, it would cease to be heaven. So to go to heaven, we have to understand what righteousness is. And the Lord said, there's none good but one. And what this young man had to realize, and the Lord began to ask him questions, the Lord said, okay, there's none good. If, if, if thou wilt enter into life, right? if you want to do it, then you have to be perfect. Keep the commandments. And the Lord starts giving him some illustrations of commandments. He said, because the, man, the young man said, well, which ones do I need to keep? All of them. The Lord says, well, thou shalt do no murder. The guy's like, I've never murdered anybody. Since I've been a kid, I've never murdered anybody. And in his eyes, and I don't think he had ever taken some weapon and killed somebody. But Jesus said, if you have anger at your brother, it's equal in the sight of God as being a murderous act. But he didn't see it that way. I haven't murdered anybody. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I've never committed adultery, the young man said. And I don't believe he had committed the physical act of adultery. The Bible says that if a man looks upon a woman and lusts after her in her heart, he's committed adultery in his heart. But that guy didn't see that. He just said, I've not done these things. I've not stolen. You know, I think the young man was a good man. But I'm just being honest. I'm looking at a room full of people that we've all have stolen. We shouldn't steal. We shouldn't. But it started in school. You didn't know the answer, and you looked over there at your neighbor's desk, and there was an answer at that question, and you stole their answer. 
Yeah, a bunch of people just got uncomfortable. I am a thief. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, seriously. I mean, we have a school with only, you know, 40 students in it. There's a whole lot of theft goes on. Robbing answers. Taking things out of lockers. Lunches. There's a whole lot. The fact is this, we've all stolen. But that guy said, I haven't done it. I, I, then this one, the Lord said, well, thou shalt not bear false witness. You can't lie. And the guy's like, you've never lied. Now, come on. Yeah. Now, I think we're all decent people in this auditorium. But to say that someone would have the boldness to stand up this morning and say, preacher, I've never told a lie in my life. We'd all laugh. We'd all laugh. Because we know it's not true. But this guy was totally convinced he was a good person. The young men would go on. The Lord said, well, honor thy father and thy mother. Honor and obey your parents. And he said, I've always honored and obeyed his parents. In attitude and actions. Yet, sure. Again, but he said it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And we know the guy had done this, had disobeyed this. Because he had made himself very rich. There was a whole lot of hurting people around him. And he wasn't willing to get rid of his stuff. So obviously, he wasn't willing to get rid of his stuff and his money and his possessions. He probably hadn't been helping a whole lot of his neighbors. But he still said, but I've done all these things, but I'm still lacking something. It's because he thought he was righteous, but he's not. And if we, you and I are going to go to heaven, we have to know who Jesus is, and we have to know what righteousness is. And understand this, without Christ, we are all filthy, rotten sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3, verse 10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In Isaiah, in chapter number 53, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us in this auditorium, your heart is like my heart. Our hearts are desperately wicked. We live in this world today and don't buy it, all right, that everybody's good. That everybody's, you know, and we get offended. Someone tells us we're not right or we're wrong. We get offended when someone points out an error or a mistake. We say, you're just judgmental, you're critical, you're, and we throw out all kinds of things. But the fact is this, we all are sinners. This young man thought he was righteous. He didn't know what righteousness was. Righteousness was standing in front of him. In order to go to heaven, we must meet that standard of righteousness. The righteousness of Jesus Christ. Who never sinned with his thoughts. Who never sinned with his actions. Who never sinned with his words. Who never sinned, period. 
He is perfect. He's holy. He is righteous. He is God. He is that standard of righteousness. And for you and I to go to heaven, we have to meet that standard. You say, well, I can't. That's the third point. We have to know who Jesus is. We have to know what righteousness is. And we have to know that we cannot do it on our own. The young man heard the, heard the Lord speaking. Verse number 20, The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. The young man literally said, I've done all these things, but I'm still lacking something, Jesus. What's missing? So he showed him. Verse 21, Jesus saith unto him, If thou wilt be perfect... Go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Now, salvation was him coming and following Christ. But the Lord was pointing out, you're not perfect, son. You have a pride problem. You have a power issue. You are a coveter. You love your possessions. And to show this man his sin, and that he could have pointed out, the Lord could have pointed out all kinds of sins in this young man's life. I mean, at one point, and, and again, I know this is some, you know, maybe Travis Burke commentary, but when all those men gathered around with stones in their hand about the stone the woman caught in the very act of adultery, the Lord knelt down and started writing in the sand starting from the oldest to the youngest, they looked at what he said and then walked away. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. I believe the Lord started pointing out things in these people's lives. They weren't as righteous as they thought they were either. And this young man had to come to realization that he wasn't righteous. So the Lord points out his sin. That he thought he was something. That he thought he had not done wrong. He loved his possessions. He loved being in control. The Lord said, go sell it all then. Come, follow me. That is the great invitation in the word of God. Come to Jesus. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, come to Jesus. God spoke to Noah, come into the ark. In Revelation, the spirit and the bride say come and the Lord said come he gave him the invitation but he didn't the Bible says he went away sorrowful the Bible says when he heard these things he walked away And he left in a worse condition than when he came. Now, he was lost when he came, but he was happy lost. But he was confronted with the truth, and he didn't make the decision. He went away sorrowful. You may have walked in this room, glad you're here, smiling, happy, and praise the Lord. Glad you're happy. But if you've never accepted Christ, now you've got to 
make a decision. What will you do with Jesus? God wants you to know you have eternal life. God wants you to know you're going to heaven. And you have to know who Jesus is. You have to know what righteousness is. You have to know that you cannot do it on your own. Neither can I. And the Bible makes that very clear. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works lest any man. Listen. If we did it on our own. We'd all boast and be proud of ourselves. If it was up to us. We'd all get to heaven patting ourselves on the back. But it's not that way. When we get to heaven it's about glory to God. The Bible says in the book of Titus, by his mercy, he saved us. We're going to heaven today, not because of what we have done, because of what who he is. And I have to know who Jesus is, and I'm thankful I know who Jesus is. I have to know what righteousness is, and I know I don't have it, but I know he is righteousness. I have to know that I cannot do it on my own. Standing in front of you, I got saved when I was 14. I was a decent person. In the world's eyes, I would have been a good kid. Now, I, trust me, I know all my bad things. But no one walked around and said, you're a thief. No one walked around and said, you're, you know, you're, you're in perversion. No one walked around and said that you totally disobey your parents and dishonor them. I wasn't stealing things. I wasn't lying about people all the time. I, I tried to obey my parents. I tried to be kind to people. Because if I didn't, I got in trouble. I was a decent person. But I was just as lost as anybody else in this world. Because the fourth thing we have to know is we have to know this. We need to know why I can go to heaven. Because I know I'm going to heaven today. Because if they catch this, I gave up on me. And I went to the Lord. And that day in August, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Because I knew that day that He is the way, He is the truth, He is the life, He is the only way to heaven. This young man was looking, he was trying, but he knew he lacked something. But unfortunately, this young man decided to go home. After hearing all these things, he said, but he put his head down and he walked out sorrowful, overcome in sorrow because he had heard the truth, but he just knew. A while back, we were, it's been a few years now, this lady had been coming to church for like three months. She asked, Doctor, my wife and I about salvation. We went over to the conference room and we sat there and the gospel was presented. And she listened. I'll never forget it because she sat there and got to the point put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ 
And she stared. Well, it seemed like being an hour. It wasn't, but it just, she just stared. And she said, No. And it really, it really bothered us. It broke our heart. And she left. She's only been back once, and that was because of a tragedy in her family. And sat in a pew and here for a funeral service. But no. I'm thankful for the day that I said yes. Amen. The day that I got saved, you say, but you said, preacher, you have to be righteous to go to heaven. You're still not perfect. You're, you are, you're not wrong. And the fact that Travis Berg still deals with flesh. and But on that day that I said yes to the Lord, the Bible says this in Corinthians, He who knew no sin, Jesus Christ, became sin for us. When He went on the cross and Jesus died on the cross, right. all of humanity's sins yes. were placed on Him. And when Jesus died on the cross, literally, <laughs> the sky went dark and the Father in heaven, the Bible says, had to turn his back on his son. Because literally, Jesus became sin for us. And God cannot look upon sin. And the Lord, in agony, suffered and died for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us. But he didn't stay dead. Amen? He arose. He had to meet the penalty and the wages of our sin. But he arose from the grave showing that he had conquered sin, paid for our sin, and, and is the author of eternal life. Amen. The Bible says, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The day that I said, Yes, Lord, I know who you are. You are Jesus, you're the Son of God, you died for my sins, you are the Savior, you're the Redeemer, you are the one who paid for sin's penalty. And I know that you are righteousness, you are holy. Now again, I didn't say all these things when I was 14 years old. I, I knew the facts, basics, and that's all, praise the Lord, there's simplicity in the gospel. But the longer you're saved, the more you appreciate what God did for you, right? But I knew who he was, I knew that I was a sinner, and I knew that Jesus is the only one that could die for my sins. And I knew that Travis Burke could do nothing on his own. Being a good kid could do nothing on his own to get to heaven. But I'm standing in front of you now, 48 years old, knowing that I'm going to heaven because I trusted in Jesus Christ. Amen. And the moment I did that, his righteousness Amen. was placed on my account. So that when a holy God looks at me, he doesn't see the sinner that I was, and even my flesh that I still deal with. He sees the righteousness of his son. Lord. And I'm going to heaven today. 
because of Jesus. I've been in church all my life. That didn't get, I still went to church. Something was missing. I was a decent person for 14 years. But I lacked something. Praise the Lord. That night in August, there in West Carrollton, Ohio, God filled that void. And I've been rejoicing for all these years that Jesus saved me and I'm going to heaven because of him. Would you bow your heads, please?